The House of Roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures. In all of this, you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. Welcome to the House of Roll. of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? This is my country. Time for populism with a purpose. Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician, and she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and post-partisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. And welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. There are a whole lot of people in politics and in the media whose purpose is to inflame your passions rather than to reason with you. My purpose is different. I've come to inform you, to give you information that will enable you to make an independent judgment on current events and encourage you to act on that judgment. With Congress out of session, supposedly in a home period, except if you were one of the 50 of them that went to Munich for the International Defense Forum, and that hotel looked pretty, pretty, pretty swanky to me. So with Congress out of session, there are not a lot of new numbers this week. Unless, of course, you'd like me to bore you with a whole lot more statistics on climate change. Nope, I didn't think so. Unless, of course, you're one of Diane Feinstein, you're in Diane Feinstein's office and were assaulted by a bunch of six to sixteen year old demanding passage of the uh, new green deal, which they know nothing about. The clips on the internet are hysterical. Kudos to to Senator Feinstein for trying to teach them something instead of um, of kowtowing to their demands. But there is one interesting statistic from American Enterprise Institute this week, and they quote a British Petroleum Statistical Review of World Energy uh, from the middle of 2017. Countries with the largest reduction in CO2 emissions this century, that's from 2000 to 2016, in millions of tons. The United States of America is number one by six times. In other words, we have reduced our carbon footprint by 650 million tons over the last 15 years, while our nearest competitor, uh, or nearest um, number two, is the United Kingdom with a 150-ton reduction. And you know what? China and India don't even make the chart. They're so far down. But enough about climate change. We'll get back to it again when the weather changes. When I don't get into trouble by texting my stalwart and beloved walking partner at 7 a.m. on Saturday, quote, it's 34 degrees and you're on your own. I'm sorry, but I digress. As a businesswoman, I focus a lot on numbers. 
But this week, we're going to take a different turn. We're going to talk about observations. You know, when I'm doing a client assignment, after I've examined the numbers, I've done my research, my due diligence, and I understand what those numbers mean, I have to make a presentation of assumptions, facts, opportunities, and threats, and the all-important what-ifs. That's to a client team usually made up of executives. And while I'm making that presentation or my team is making that presentation, I'm looking around the room. I'm looking at their individual behavior, the nodding of their heads, who's taking notes, who's making comments, who looks engaged. That gives me a lot of clues about where I should be poking around next where I'm going to learn about what the individual and sometimes conflicting agendas that will impact the outcome of the project lie. You hone that skill over time. So this week, for a change, instead of talking about the numbers or being driven by the numbers, we're going to talk a little about observations. Mine, my partner Vince's, other writers and broadcasters, and we hope, we hope, some of yours. So let's start with a, an assumption. A whole lot of what happened in the news this week was just clickbait. Whether you heard the breathless commenta- commentators asking even more breathless reporters, is the Mueller report really coming next week? While the president's out of the country. Of course not. But it got a lot of clicks. It was on every network. It was on the lips of every reporter. It covered a lot of newsprint. And then there is the Robert Kraft story. You know, a 77-year-old man who is, is just a John, you know, in most jurisdictions, in most police jurisdictions for going to a massage parlor, is humiliated not for his crime, but for the fact that he's the owner of the most hated football team in America, the New England Patriots, also the most successful franchise. But, you know, he's a 77-year-old widower. You know, the woman he meets on J-Date, not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's a different purpose. So the only reason to make him, as one of 200, walk the perp walk is clickbait. But there is no clickbait bigger than the Jussie um, Somlet story. How about that? Somlet. Somlet. Like like omelet? I thought it was Smollett. It's Smollett. You're right, and I'm wrong. And it's early on Sunday morning, so forgive me. Um, You can tell how much attention I paid to it once it got going. Um, Here's something for everybody who needs a little clickbait in their life. There's Smollett. There's the show Empire. There's every announced Democratic presidential candidate. And just hold that thought because we're going to get to that in a moment in some detail. The Chicago district attorney who has a conflict, right, had to give this to one of their uh, subordinates because they have a conflict. I wonder what that is. The Chicago police commissioner. And the two 
Osandiaro, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly because nobody has called them anything but the Nigerian brothers. So, you know, um, but anyway. Uh, I think this is actually the first time that an American has ever pulled a hoax on Nigerians. It's usually the other way around, right? I think you're right. I mean, yeah. I thought that was a that's a major industry in Nigeria, but you're right. <laughs> it's the first time they pulled it in reverse. <laughs> so, uh, except except that, it, as usual, they were in on the scam. So, I think only the police commissioner, whose outrage is warranted, is worth the news coverage that the whole farce got. So, I'm going to state at the at the outset. I know of Empire, but I've never really heard that I've never really heard of Jesse Smollett before this whole thing broke into the papers and TV. Now, ask me about Sean Mendez, and at least you would not get a blank stare, as in, I sent my granddaughter an iPhone video of Sean last Sunday singing a teenage version of Elvis's Hound Dog on the tribute show. But she responded with a colon and paren, which is sort of a happy emoji among teenagers. But what I do know is that when I heard the news, and we're going to go take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute for what I did think when I heard the news. You're listening to Reimagine America on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Joyce Cordy. And we're back. And so when I heard the first news bulletin about Jesse Smollett, you know, a black actor-singer walked out of Chicago Subway sandwich shop at 2 a.m. and was attacked by someone yelling, Empire! pouring a substance on him, but not lighting it. After getting a noose around his neck, not tightening it or dragging him, wearing a MAGA hat, yelling, this is MAGA country. Chicago is MAGA country? (laughs) That's new. Chicago. Would anyone be hanging around in a residential neighborhood in sub-zero chill factor weather, the coldest night on record for at least a decade, in hopes that a would-be TV star would come along so they could beat him up but not rob him. And the poor traumatized victim wouldn't surrender his phone to police so they could verify his story. And now to those powers of that, that's the cynic in me. But those powers of observation, I thought to myself, there's something off here. But you know what? I didn't say anything to anyone, partly because nobody in my circle really cared. Um, But that would also be, I mean, I didn't say anything here because it would be politely, politically incorrect, quote unquote. unquote. And, And in some circles, my, cyn- my, my cynicism, my mild, mm, that doesn't quite add up observation skills, would have labeled me a racist or homophobic or worse, both. But as Vince can tell you, because Vince sends me these great links, right? Twitter blew up. 
Oh yeah, originally um, when when the the original story came out, all the uh, usual suspects chimed in. Nancy Pelosi tweeted about it, which she has since deleted. Uh, your friend uh, AOC Ooh, yes. tweeted about it. She said, "There's no no such thing as race, racially charged. It was a racist and homophobic attack." Uh, Cory Booker, a vicious attack on actor Jesse Smollett was an attempt at modern day lynching. Kamala Harris, Jesse is one of the kindest, most gentleman human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. Maxine Waters, Jesse is my friend, a very talented and beautiful human being. It's so hurtful that homophobic haters would dare hurt someone so loving and giving. Yeah, except they didn't. Andrew Cuomo, the New York State calls this attack on Jesse Smollett. Not e- doesn't didn't even happen in his state, but his state is chi- he's chiming in on, on on behalf of his state. Calls the attack on Jesse Smollett what it is a hate crime. Um, Adam Schiff, I met Jesse Smollett at the Pride Parade in Los Angeles, and I've seen the passion and moral clarity of his activism firsthand. This week, he was the victim of a horrific attack. We pray for your speedy recovery, Jesse, and reject this act of hatred and bigotry. Now, Shift has since deleted his tweet. Uh, the other people haven't gone back and deleted. Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Gavin Newsom. This kind of violence should be unacceptable. Sheila Jackson Lee. Hate in any form is unacceptable. Um, <laughs> Frederica Wilson. While relieved that Jesse Smollett was, has not suffered any permanent physical damage, I'm deeply concerned by how free some people feel to attack others and who they are and who they love. Uh, Rashida Talib. Talib. She commented. Tom Perez commented, and 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 so on and so forth. Isn't so. it fun? And then when the whole thing was determined to be a hoax, what did the pity bubble do? Did it say whoops? Maybe we should not have jumped to conclusions. That's you, Robin Roberts. Not such a hot exclusive, was it? Well, Kamala Harris, her her retraction of her uh, comments about a modern-day lynching read a little like, well, maybe, but, quote, part of the tragedy of this situation is that it distracts from the truth and has been seized by some who would like to dismiss and downplay the very real problems that we must address. When do you really say, you know, uh, she uh, she goes on to say, we must always confront hate directly and we must always seek justice. I think that's what they're doing in Chicago. That's what I will keep fighting for. And because we just can't leave it on that fighting note from Kamala, we've got to give equal time to her buddy, Senator Cory Booker. Yeah, and just to set it up a little bit now, in the wake of the Smollett incident, uh, the Senate has been in the process of trying to pass an anti-lynching bill, and um, <laughs> just and it was actually it's been introduced by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and uh, Scott from uh, from uh, South Carolina. Tim Scott, yeah, Tim Scott. Now, who they, is a Republican, by right, the way? Right. So they in, they introduced it a couple of times. They they did it in December, and it passed the Senate, but it 
got voted down in the House, which was Republican run back in December. The Freedom Caucus now right. decimated, thank God. Yeah. So now they, it, a couple of weeks ago, they reintroduced it and they're going to, you know, with the assumption that they can send it to the Democratic controlled House now and have it pass. So they brought the bill up uh, on the Senate floor again. And it just so happened to be two weeks after the Smollett uh, incident had broke and just one day before the Nigerian brothers were arrested. This is Cory Booker on the Senate floor just a day before if it turns out that this Jesse Smollett thing was a hoax. The use of lynching to inflict racial terror is terror is ugly disturbing. It is a tragic part of our history, but we know that its legacy does not just live in our history books. Less than two weeks ago, an actor, an activist, was brutally attacked in Chicago. Two men yelling racial and homophobic epithets. Lynching is not a relic of the past. We are seeing in the president's pernicious evil, and we still have yet to confront this in this body. So there you have it. And, you know, the thing that really amazes me, Vince, and and we're going to open the lines and see what other people think about this. Uh, The thing that amazes me is go back to my little observation, okay? They poured something on him but didn't light it on fire. They put a noose around his neck but... They didn't tighten it. They didn't drag him. They didn't do anything. Cory Booker is not just a Stanford grad. He is a Rhodes Scholar. Didn't anyone ever teach him you got to do your research? You have to be skeptical. It just did not add up in sub-zero Chicago outside a subway at 2 o'clock in the morning It just didn't pass the smell test, and yet he took it to the floor of the United States Senate in 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 full, overblown nineteenth century um, outrage. And have you seen his retraction? I haven't. That's what I figured. So, what do you think? Now, I think the only person who has spoken out righteously is the black police commissioner of Chicago who pointed out that in a city that in a city with a persistent and deadly black on black crime epidemic this quote stunt unquote was deeply hurtful and an enormous misuse of police time and money when they should have been focused on real crime like finding the person who shot a 1-year-old child to death on that very same day We're going to take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about local hate crimes. Now, back to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy on 860 AM, The Answer. Well, It seems that a number of you um, have something to say, and I'm going to apologize. We had so many callers, we couldn't get um, 
everybody, we couldn't get to every caller before some people hung up. So if you called and we didn't get to you, call again, because we really do want this to be an interactive exchange. I, I want to see how many of you agree or disagree about how this thing was handled. Um, and speaking of hate crimes, while, while Vince is answering telephones here, let's talk for just a moment about other hate crimes. So did you see the local news coverage of a student um, of student on student on, on visiting student violence at UC Berkeley this week in the Sproul Plaza of my youth? I mean, it, it was an amazing thing. Uh, here was a student from North Carolina who had put up a table, which is common, common, common at UC Berkeley, espousing conservative values, who was attacked and beaten on camera by um, a local person who the media have, who through the media, the police identified and have arrested, but they refused to disclose his name. Did you see one word of this on the national news, on cable news, on anywhere? I'm sorry, I missed the national, the, the national hysteria about, you know, one student actually beating up another student because he disagreed with his politics on the on the the main plaza of the nation's largest and most successful coeducational campus. Okay, we have a caller who okay. wants to uh, comment on this. I I think that's super. Okay, this is Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing good and you? Well, uh, fair to Midland, uh, as about as good it gets uh, nowadays, but uh, I just wanted to thank you. Uh, this is the most refreshing commentary I've heard on radio in I don't know how long. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, I found your station, and I'm not going to change it. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, it's, uh, you know, as, as Trump would say, the fake news, I mean, I, I've been realizing that was a fact way before it was uh, the catchphrase. Well, you know, but, they don't train reporters anymore the way they used to, Steve. Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, I have a hard time considering them reporters. I mean, that's totally out of context. But uh, um, I want to talk about uh, the fake news, political re- uh, correctness, uh, all these uh, tools that are... Uh, timing the freedom of speech and, and, and having people utterly confused and, and, and fed up. That's, that's the reason for it being, in my opinion. Um, yes, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think political correctness has overtaken uh, common sense. Um, and it does. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, I just went, this does not compute. And then I went about my business partly because, you know, Empire doesn't isn't isn't on my playlist. Um, not for any reason except that, you know, it's like books. There isn't a lot time in life to watch everything. Um, but it, but it just didn't make sense. And you know what? It didn't make sense to the police. Not even the police who spent a whole lot of time on it out of fear that they would be judged knew from the beginning that it did not make sense. And yet the whole 
Twitter universe blew up in indignation. And so to that extent, the president is right about fake news. Now, the fact that the president also talks about things in a way that isn't always factual gives aid and comfort to others who want to spread fake news on the Internet. And the Internet does not, if you don't think critically, the Internet can be a really dangerous place. Are you saying that everything I read on the Internet might not be true? I believe that's been proved by the FBI, the CIA, the uh, Oh, we don't trust them. We don't trust them. We don't trust them. Uh, They're liars. I trust them. I think that consensus, I trust my eyes. I mean, that's sort of, as Steve will agree, kind of the purpose of this change of pace this week from what we usually do on this show is to say we need to think critically. We, we need when it doesn't, you know, if it if it looks like a rose, but it doesn't feel like a rose or smell like a rose, it's probably an artificial rose. We need to apply that to what we hear and read on the Internet, on 7 by 24 cable news. I mean, the, the whole Mueller reports coming on Friday is a perfect example of that. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Well, I, I am uh, somewhat educated on the whole Mueller uh, incident. Uh, um, but to tell you the truth, I don't follow the mass media um, virtually at all. Because I, you know, wish to be programmed by this information. So I really can't comment too well on that. Okay. Well, we appreciate your call. Um, we're going to try to grab one more caller before. Oh, oh, no, I'm being told I should go to break and then pick up another caller. Steve, stay tuned. Oh, I will. I want to hear from you again. God bless you. God bless America. God bless America. Have a good day. All right, let's go to break. We'll come back. Oh, we lost him. Or... Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Oh. Steve's gone. Oh, this is the... But uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Give us a call. You're listening to Reimagine America on 860 AM. The Answer. Once again, your host, Joyce Cordy. And we're back with... We're back with Dave. We have Dave on the line. Hi, Dave. How are you? Good, Joyce. How are you? Can't complain. Having fun. I got to tell you that this this morning's show, this topic, is a breath of fresh air compared to anything in the media this week, which has been ridiculous. And... uh, my, I, what I wanted to say was that I think that uh, all of this fake news that's been building over the last 10 or 15 years and all of this focus on things like Smollett versus what the assault that happened in Berkeley type of events is driven by national and international socialism. And what we've got is the deep state and the bureaucrats and a lot of idiots driving socialism in this country, and it is abhorrent. I don't know that I call it socialism. Um, it's more, it's, 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 two, it's three things. It's too much of the news in this country is centered in two places. Silicon Valley is the engine of distribution and New York City and Washington, you know, what I call the West End um, of Central Park 
is where all the thinking goes on. And it's this small little salon of people, and they only talk to each other. You ever notice there's a limited number of people on the cable news circuits making their circuit around all day on the various channels? The only person uh, outside of that, there are two people that I follow that are outside of that. One is Mike Murphy, and the other one is Rick Wilson, both Republican strategists, both kind of screaming as I am in the wilderness, as you are, that um, uh, it, it's, it's affluent people, well-educated, too comfortable in their own skins. Why is the university system in such trouble in California? It's be- not because of the, in- or the enormous increases of intuition are the result of having to pay very cushy pensions to professors who do very little teaching. You know, and and maybe we should call that socialism. I call it social engineering. And what social engineering is doing is um, uh, with instant gratification on the Internet and the fact that people who don't listen to this program um, take it in as fact is that we're eliminating what used to be called critical thinking. If it appears absurd, it probably is. What do you think? Well, Joyce, I think your your viewpoint is far too benign. I think that Joe McCarthy was right, and I think that we're being herded down the road towards communism. And I'm very concerned about it in the scope of my children's and my grandchildren's lifetime. Well, like you, I'm a grandparent, and I worry about them every day. And that is one of the reasons I do this show, so that people like you and I can be heard. Um, and, and I believe there is still a vast majority, regardless of race, creed, or color, who, as Charlie Cook said, can't, are in America because they want to be Americans. And, and we need to um, enable people uh, to, to say what you're saying right now um, about your fears for the direction of the country without being subject to assault, because it's a valid position. The American position will be heard, not herded. I I agree with you, and I think it will happen nonviolently because I got to tell you, the strongest thing in um, in American politics is your pocketbook. Um, and well, and Joyce, Joyce, I don't know how much. Time or how much time there is that conservatives are going to sit back and put up with this Antifa-type crap. And I hope that things go nonviolently. But if not, so be it. Let it happen. And let it happen. And if, like, I forget, I think it was Nathan Hale or Paul Revere. Someone said, if there's going to be a war, let it be today so that my children will live in peace. Well, I'm hoping more than I can tell you that it doesn't come to that, that we come to our senses before we reach that point. We did it once before, and the outcome was the biggest loss of life in any American war, in any war that Americans have fought in since the revolution. So let's hope it doesn't get there. Now, I've heard a lot of people speculate about a civil war, and I've also heard people suggest that we're already in one, that it's already happening, that these little pockets of skirmishes that you see with Antifa in the in the far right at, you know, in Berkeley and all these other places, that these are the flashpoints of the civil war that's 
already happening. And you look at like Egypt, right? There was a big there was there was a big uprising in Egypt a few years back against Mubarak, and or, or you look you look at uh, the Ukraine where they had uh, the a lot of protests and and a, a lot of a lot of violence, a lot of clashing. Uh, I think it's happening in Venezuela. Those things happen where it, it happens where there'll be violent clashes in in some little centralized place. And you go four blocks away and you got people hanging out in a bar watching a soccer game. And, and that's how wars are fought, right? They're, they're not constantly ongoing. They're not happening everywhere at once. They happen in pockets. They happen on battlefields here and there over the, over the course of time. In a way, I agree with you. Um, but I think if this experiment, which, by the way, if the, of the examples that you cited, um, uh, the Venezuelan effort is a push toward democracy. It, it's an economic train wreck, which is common in socialist countries, to your point, Dave. Um, and, and the problem in the, in the Ukraine resolved itself in a more democratic way, and they're now part of the EU. In, in Egypt, it went the other way with a very authoritarian, top-down um, military rule. Uh, so the situations are somewhat different. You're absolutely right. But we should take the skirmishes to heart. We need to expand the dialogue and to be more honest with one another in order to avoid an expansion of that violence. Because as parents and grandparents, we do not want to see violence in the streets. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the riots in the late 1860, uh, um, eight, Oh, wow, I'm not that old, in the late 1960s um, in Chicago and Los Angeles and so forth. And, and those were also skirmishes in this contest. So, you know, I think you're absolutely right. We are going to run, though, Dave, because we've got one more caller. we got to squeeze in, and and we also have to pay the bills here. So um, I really appreciate your call um, and your confidence in what we're trying to do here at Reimagine America, which is not to take a side. It's to, in, to expand the conversation and to be a, a place where people can come and, and express themselves freely. And we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now we have our good friend, Antonio. Oh, hi, Antonio. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, uh, well, you are absolutely right uh, uh, that the Justice Molet uh, scam uh, was obvious from the beginning. And I think the police saw that. That's why they asked him for the phone. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, the, the the issue there is that who will believe that this pampered guy will be walking the streets of Chicago <laughs> at sub zero o'clock yeah. in the morning, and by chance meet <laughs> two guys who are equally idiots walking at two o'clock in the morning searching for somebody, or how would they know that he would be there? <laughs> to meet him and punch him, you know? Yeah, I it, it I mean, I just went, mm, you know, this is just too cute. It's like a really bad episode of Law and Order. Uh yeah. God. I think it's one that would have hit the uh reject, you know, it's when they crumple up the piece of paper and throw it across the room and say, Somebody has a better idea. Um 
I, yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's about as plausible as Mission Impossible. Now, there's there's people that are a caller off the air earlier suggested this as well that there was some sort of coordination between Kamala Harris and Smollett because this happened right around the time of their legislation that they were pushing through. Not that I think they needed this to put it over the top, like they already had a Democratic uh, a House ready to to rubber stamp this. And and and, and as a side note, I find it amazing that there hasn't been uh, anti lynching legislation. <laughs> past until now yeah it does seem about 150 years too late yeah so there are people that are that are suggesting because kamala harris has connections to jesse smollett and and uh so there's they're thinking that that maybe this was staged and it was coordinated i think that might be a little bit of a stretch but you never know i yeah, i want to i want to make a comment on on the issue in berkeley uh the funny thing is that uh, the Berkeley Radio KPFA never mentioned in their news, in their news, not even a commentary on some program, no, in their news never mentioned that it actually happened anything there in Berkeley. Well, are you surprised? Times, are you surprised? The, the local paper, not a line in it. Are you surprised in, in liberal Northern in Cal- Northern California's one hundred percent liberal media um, campus environment, KPFA, you know, uh, uh, is a staunch um, left wing liberal idea center or spewer or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, I, 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 I I listen to them to inoculate me myself from those ideas, you know. Yeah, it's really despicable uh, what they what they speak there. But yeah. but the question is that they didn't mention not even as a news. It is the Times. It is the Times. The local paper. Those didn't mention it either. This goes. I, I, I learned about it because I I have in the local news in the channel seven. Yeah, I I saw it on Channel 11. You know, I have to say it's not the Berkeley that I went to, but it doesn't surprise me because I watch the ABC and NBC Nightly News, and then I watch Brett Baer, and I swear, sometimes I think I'm living in three different countries. And Antonio... Let's talk again soon, because they're telling me we got to go to break. Were you there at the People's Park? Uh, no, I'm a little bit after people. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I was there during People's Park. I was just about through grad school. And I got to run, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for your call. Now, back to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy on 860 AM. The answer. And we've got one more caller disappeared. Oh, we lost him. That was John. Uh, he called earlier and um, was the one that suggested that there might have been some collusion between Harris and Booker and Smollett. And he said that he thinks it was probably not only to to help their their bill pass. But also to further their political, their presidential ambitions. Um, I would think that if that were true, 
given the uh, implausibility of this whole thing from the beginning, that that would disqualify them as candidates for the presidency of the United States. They're definitely not smart enough. Um, so I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I think Jesse Smollett thought he could get away. With, I, I hope he you know, he clearly is not a screenwriter. I mean, that's one thing he proved in this whole thing, because it was implausible from the beginning. But, you know, Roger Stone is quoted as saying the worst thing about being talked about is not being talked about. So everybody's talking about Jesse Smollett. As I said, I never heard of the guy before all of this happened. But one of the things, you know, he's going to find out the consequences of the worst thing um, being talked about rather than not being talked about is going to be something that he's going to find out about when he emerges from whatever mental health facility he uses to try to clean up his image and finds out it didn't really work. And we've got about two minutes left. Um, So I'm going to tell you next week we're going to have a really interesting change of pace. We, We have a guest coming whose name is Jim Rex, and Jim is trying to put something together called the Alliance Party, which would be a third party in the United States. We don't have time. We'll talk about it next week to talk about how the Republican Party came about as a uh, historically and and came to prominence in in only four years. So um, in this crazy far left, far right um, world we're living in right now, um, you know, Jim brings uh, from the from the South. He is from South Carolina, was the secretary of education in South Carolina. So we're going to get a little bit of a take on the Mark Sanford loss um, and on um, Lindsey Graham and uh, Tim Scott, as well as a in-depth discussion of um, the political train wreck Um, that he is hoping to be a part of resolving. And so we hope you will all tune in to see that, to hear that. Um, If you want to hear a repeat of this show, you'll find it uh, probably on Tuesday. It'll be up on my Twitter feed before that, Joyce Cordy. Um, And we look forward to talking again next week when, again, our guest will be Jim Rex um, talking about the failing, collapsing center of American politics. If you tuned in late and you want to hear the entire show from the top, go to reimagineamerica.org and click on the radio hour. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.